Discover the cool, clever ways this department store is blending their online and offline worlds to improve customer experience, enhance their brand, and grow their sales. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's brilliant to have you here. So thank you for tuning in. I've been trying to get today's guest on the show for years. Why? Well, for two key reasons. One, He's always doing something super cool and interesting. And I've regularly told audiences at events I'm speaking at to follow him on LinkedIn because they will learn something cool. Um, And secondly, he's working in one of the hardest forms of e-commerce for three reasons. He's in a physical retail first business where brand and experience are key. They're a department store, which means they have a massive range of products from teaspoons to books to beauty to fashion, which is really hard to sell on one website. And most of the products are brands they do not have control over. So I'm hoping today's chat is going to give you lots of ideas and inspiration because if Neil can do it, so can you. We're going to be focusing in on loyalty programs, on getting other businesses selling via you via kind of a local business artisan marketplace, which is super cool and well worth listening to. Definitely partnerships taken to the next level. And we're going to talk a little about Gift Finder and his top tips are pretty damn awesome. So make sure you listen right to the end. Before we get into all of that, though, please do check out our sponsors. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Polly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Polly. I have a quote and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The Gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. And now to introduce today's special guest. Neil Park is the head of e-commerce at Gerald's Department Store. The store was founded in 1770 and is a shopping, beauty and dining destination in its hometown of Norwich. They've had an e-commerce store for 10 years that really came into its own during the last two pandemic years, pushing sales up 250% and leading to 3.8 million visitors a year online. Hello, Neil. Hi, Chloe. Excellent to have you here. Um, how did you get started in e-commerce? I'm going to show my age a little bit now, but I've been in e-commerce since the uh, original dot-com boom in the early 2000s uh, when I was in the outdoor and um, camping sports industry. So we had a website that was originally pretty much an affiliate partner for somebody and then we built our own website and then spawned off a a second website from there so the site we had at the time was called gear zone which got to about three and a half million um before being brought into the gerald family oh of course you're kind of an acquisition for gerald rather than a hire yes that's right gerald thought at the time it would be 
impossible to build a website for a department store where the range was so vast. You know, fashion changes every 12 weeks, four times a year, and we'd need a vast team to do it. So it was thought that maybe buying a niche website in, in an outdoor industry would be the a great place to start and we could build from there. Uh, what actually happened was is outdoor became a lot harder to be in, in that space and we got such good traction on the department store site that we just grew and grew it. So it was kind of the, came in sideways, proved the case and the rest has been history, I suppose. So obviously I've mentioned you guys are in Norwich in the UK. So where where do you sell to? Do you just sell in the Norwich area, sell the whole of UK or do you sell wider? Uh, nationwide, we don't, we don't leave the UK at the moment. 80% of our orders are national, 20% local. It's quite a big local number. We're passionate about that local figure. The local customer spends more time on the website than a national customer. The average order value is slightly higher. They're more engaged when it comes to page views and um, browse browse sessions. But many of those customers are coming to research before they come into the store. So the conversion rates are fractionally lower than for the rest of the UK. But it must help with the foot store foot, footfall and the overall position of the business. So how do you how do you balance that need to create an e-commerce site that, you know, gets the customers through and gets them to to check out, but also that need to have a website which inspires the customer to come on into the store? That's probably the trickiest part of the, <laughs> of the job because Gerald's is a it's a really really well known brand in the east of England. Most people have got a physical or emotional connection to to the store. It's it's two hundred and fifty years old, so people have got a you know many times they've come for books or before going to a game of football or mum's bought them something for the first time and or, or Santa's Grotto. We have a Santa's Grotto which is you know famous. So that iconic building that feeling as you get through the store that great customer service it's really hard to replicate online and that that is the biggest challenge so we make sure that the faces of the people who you would meet in store are online and we put quite a lot of imagery about the store but equally we need to be brilliant at being as familiar uh, and easy for a customer to shop wherever they are in the country there's sometimes interesting conversations when different departments want different things so everyone wants to be in the nav everyone wants their bit to be on the home page and that's where we have to sort of being control the brand so things like events are really important to us book signings people who come in to launch things they're clearly useful for for local customers but less useful for national that said it's great brand building for mm-hmm. people who are around the country to see the exciting things that we're doing and that we're not a industrial estate somewhere with, with boxes. We're actually real people. So we're not going to find any stock photography on your site then? It's, it's real people, real photos of the store? Across the site. Very nice. Um, and I mentioned that you have a pretty large range of products. How large is your range of products? So we've got about 42,000 products on the website at peak, and that's about 75,000, 80,000 size and color options. So we have some items in, say, cosmetics, where it might come in 
30 or 40 variations and we stock across art and craft, beauty, fashion. We've got about 13,000 books on the website because Gerald's heritage was a, a book publisher. So we really cross an awful lot of departments and we have to be quite disciplined on making sure we have a, uh, an experience that works for all categories, although we can't generally be specialists in one area. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing given that range of products and that range of different ways of selling the product, you know, from the cosmetic item with the 40 different color variants through clothing and books and all the rest of it, I'm guessing you're probably on a bespoke platform or are you on a standard one? It's not Shopify. It's, it's a site called Devendo. They're local developers um, run by some really clever guys. They've got some really great clients uh, around the country. They do do quite a lot of bespoke work for us. So we've got some brand guidelines from, say, luxury brands that we have to fall in line with and therefore we have to get special pages and boutique pages made for us. And then we've got integrations with various things. So we pick from our shop floor, which is a challenge in itself, rather than from from a warehouse. We're over five floors. I find stock rooms I didn't know existed all the time and various branches in the city as well. So we've got a live look up to the tills. We've got lots of interesting mini bits of tech that we have to keep on adding in order to be as slick as possible. Given your team are literally walking around the store to pick the e-commerce orders, I'm guessing they probably have the highest step count of anyone working in um, dispatch in an e-commerce business. It must be close. You, you can get a good 20,000 steps and 30 or 40 flights of stairs if you avoid the elevators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you probably have the fittest uh, pick, pack and dispatch team in the, in the e-commerce world, I suspect. Yeah, they're elite. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely elite. Um, and, you know, capable of hunting down that rogue item that's somewhere in kitchenware. Honestly, we've actually got a crypt under the store and tunnels. I mean, you you find things all the time. <laughs> well, before we disappear into the crypt, because I'm, I'm actually quite excited by that. Um, what does your e-commerce team in the business look like? So... We split the team into into two functions. I'm I'm head of ecom, and uh, I actually look after the loyalty club as well and the customer services for the store. So we all kind of have many jobs, mm-hmm. and then we've got the fulfillment side of things. So, which looks after the customer services, the pick, the pack, and that gets ready just ready for the final mile for the dispatch. And then we've got the content team. So the content team look after putting the forever changing range of products on uh we don't do much photography because we use a lot of supplier photography but Mm -hmm. if we have to take any they take it edit it they also look after any housekeeping on the site i guess they're setting up events and those sort of things when that special content has to be put in place too yeah a little and and we just do a little bit of seo and just sort of lots of the basics really and the and they're brilliant because the range is so big and it does change all the time that they really have to be super focused and they do they do a great job. And given that there's um, 80% of your sales come from outside the direct Norwich catchment area, what marketing methods are you deploying to bring these people who may not have heard of Gerald's before 
to buy from you rather than to buy from a another store selling the same brands? So we obviously do a fair amount of Google shopping. We used to do all that in-house, but we've got a consultant who helps us. He's actually local now as well. He's he's evangelical over Google shopping and absolutely <laughs> brilliant about it. Um, but we also really work hard on our email loyalty. So we've got a loyalty club called Privilege, which is um, Privileges Over Points Club, and that's powered by Ametria. And we've got 150-odd thousand email addresses now, so we've worked really hard on that. And the Gerald Privilege Club members are very engaged, and we do quite a, a lot of retargeting and some interesting messaging stuff that we send out. So what we're trying to do, as everyone is, is to try and retain that first customer and, and get them to buy again and again. So I'm guessing that that loyalty program includes a fair amount of the brand coming through and the expertise of Gerald's, but also what kind of cool things are you doing to get them coming back? If you're willing to share, of course. I don't want to force you to share any trade secrets. Um, so we've obviously got welcome campaigns. So the hook is to try and get a little bit more information about people and then we offer them a, a discount for handing over some information. And then the hook is for that, that they then get a birthday treat. So they get another voucher code for their birthday. But we're also doing anniversary targeting. You know, you've been in the club for a year. We've got some cart abandonment. We're also looking at browse abandon. So you're looking at a certain page and then you fall off. And I think there's some interesting things that we can do if we get personalization right around you've looked at this but you might be interested in that but or you've purchased it and you might be interested in that so it might be that oh i don't know you bought some pillows so you might want to do they um but that is extremely tricky when you've got such a large product catalog yeah. Where do you start is it with bedding or is it with cookware or is it with books or how does it all plus the the answer's probably in the data because it almost always is um Neil I said in my intro about you that you are always doing something really cool and I'm forever following you on LinkedIn to see what you're up to next. And one of the really cool things you did with a fantastic marketing campaign in the run up to Christmas was an event you called Gerald Store Folk. And the reason I loved it was because it, from, from my perspective, from what I could see, it was really evangelical about the location of the store and the great people in Norwich and encouraging people to buy locally and all that angle. So could you tell us um, a little bit more about Gerald's Storefolk, um, kind of why you did it and, and how it's going for you? Gerald's Storefolk is an idea that I had for about a decade. Um, it's The thought was always, how do we help other businesses um, as we're at the heart of Norfolk shopping? So during the pandemic, I was, I'm a bit of a coffee freak and I was ordering coffee from a little store up the road and the guy was putting a post on Instagram and I was paying him via PayPal and he was dropping three bags on my doorstep, contact free. And he was not doing any ads, he was just posting it up there and there was him and his family and I wanted to support them and get my coffee delivered. And I thought... Well, even if he got a website, he's not going to win at coffee. He's not. How's he going to get any traffic for coffee? Even if it was Norwich coffee or artisan Norwich coffee, he's still going to struggle. But we've got traffic. You know, we've got a lot of traffic going to the website, and 
and we've got a lot of the things that if I was a startup, I would need. We've got a site, we've got infrastructure, we've got marketing, we've got traffic, we've got logistics, we've got expertise with buyers. And therefore, this idea of how can we help all these businesses which were shut down, as well as new side hustles and businesses which were set up. So we've got an Australian marketplace system called Marketplacer, and we've got online 60 local businesses or East Anglian businesses. And we've learned a massive amount from the first uh, six or seven months that have been running through it. And excitingly, we're offering pop-ups in store. So we've got five pop-up units and we've got guys who are, you know, trading in a department store from literally doing anything from craft fairs through to fairly big businesses over Christmas and, and beyond. So it's a massively um, exciting project and one which we turn around in, I think we went from inception to delivery within six or seven months on a really small team. It's just so different and so interesting. And it, it's, it's impressive. You've got 60 different artisans now selling their goods via your site. That's, that's a big old number to be managing. Yeah, so we're selling everything from artisan crumpets to live plants, bottles of kombucha, gin, uh, jewellery. And the great thing is, is that each of those sellers has a page on the website that they can tell their story. So again, it's people, places and product. And, you know, we've got pretty cactus plants in store at the moment. We don't do live plants. We don't do live flowers. So to have Donna and her little business in store, she's really proud to have a a presence in the city. And um, it's a really great addition to our range to to have live plants in store. It's brilliantly kind of symbiotic between the physical store, the town and the website. Because kind of you've got these 60 businesses, which gives you a kind of like a captive market of brands, artisan brands, which you can see how well your your customers respond to them, work out who to bring in to create an event, create something exciting that fills a gap in the physical store. And then, of course, you're building up an interested database of people who want to see that specific brand when they come in store, whether they've tried it because they've already bought it via the website or whether they've been really intrigued on the website, but like, oh, but I want to see it first or I want to touch it first. And we've had one or two brands which wouldn't necessarily work online. So we've got a granola, handmade granola, which was called Cheeky Nibble. (laughs) And it's a really tasty, lovely little product with really cool packaging. It's not really one for online, but we introduced her to our deli buyer. We've got a fantastic food hall and deli and uh, and Judith bought 80 boxes and it's it's been in store ever since. So sometimes it's not quite right for online. And, you know, I'm not sure how many boxes of granola are with three quid or whatever it is delivery we were going to sell. But actually in store, it's a really nice fit. So there's more than one opportunity for a seller, whether it's in store, online or in the pop up. And what we'd like to develop is using the store as a venue so that perhaps we can do events, whether that's floristry lessons in one of our restaurants or barista masterclasses with our coffee people and they sell tickets. Actually, we then start using the business as 
a venue and a ticketed event. So that's something which coming soon. There's so many angles to this, how it works so well for a local, a localized business to find these brands. And I, I love the fact that it's it's also kind of flagging up Gerald as an opportunity for wholesale sales to local artisans who may have been a bit scared to approach you. So, oh, they'll never stock us. But the granola story is an example of, well, actually 80 boxes. I'm, I suspect that made the maker's day. Yeah. And, you know, marketplaces are, to, to get a marketplace right, you have to be as self-service as possible. So if you had to raise an invoice and pay individual commissions for every order that you got, you would be just stuck in a world of bureaucracy, especially in a business like ours where the, the finance team check everything and make sure that it's all done properly. So it's not just a case of building a website and asking lots of people to go on it. The, the key to this has been to allow sellers to integrate really swiftly upload their products really easily and and have full control over what their product will look like on our page, but equally get access to our traffic. And as you mentioned, get that whole back end piece sorted out because often we think about the front end and we forget about the back end. And it's that moment at which your team are going, what now? You want us to put another 10 on, <laughs> but I haven't finished processing the invoices from last week and accounts are on at me for such and such because they didn't put this. Yeah. I, Guys, I can see Neil nodding and laughing as I'm saying this. The, the back end is, is crucial for everyone's benefit because, the, you know, you want it to be easy for the artisans themselves and the makers because they're the ones who are, you know, who are going to tell other people in that space and help you grow the, um, the, the, the numbers. You mean the accounts who are known in some businesses, not as, but as the sales prevention team, yeah? Yeah, I, I worked in a retail business a long time ago who um, who was exactly that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> moving on very swiftly from that area. Um, I mentioned the, you know, that you have this, we've talked about the fact you have this huge product range, some of which is unique to Gerald, some of which is available everywhere. But you did something quite clever at Christmas to help consumers navigate their way through that. You had a and I know a lot of businesses have a gift finder, but you had one that actually works. So could you could you please um, tell us about your gift finder um, process? Yeah, we, we've been working with a startup uh, called Boone. So um, shout to Mike and Dylan at Boone. It um, uses psychological analysis to in, alongside AI to give recommendations. So we've rolled it out so far to beauty, the deli, toys, housewares, and it's really clever. So you put in, it's not about what you want, you put in questions about what your friend or relative might like. So for instance, on the children's one, it's do they like imaginative play or science play or role-playing games? And as you build it through, it then comes back with some recommendations and our, and our data is really not particularly structured. So how they've done it is, is absolute genius, but that pops up on or has a little modal on the applicable pages and actually converts really nicely as well as being something quite interesting on the site. I love the fact you admit that your data is not amazing because I think often when I've, when I've been involved with companies who've been trying to put together a gift finder and the stories I've heard about it, it's like, yeah, we got, we, the team spent a week perfecting the data so the gift finder would work. You're like, right. And how are you going to do that as new products come on? Oh, 
We hadn't thought about that. You know, so you end up with a gift finder that's brilliant on the 2020 range. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant on the 2020 range. Any product added after January the 1st, 2021 just doesn't exist. But if it's one which is, you know, doing all the clever stuff itself, it doesn't matter what products you add on. They're just automatically going to be bought into the mix, which you want a gift finder that feeds itself, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's pretty much set and forget and... It, it just runs, but we can look at the, the data and, and the guys at Boone often do and say, you know, people aren't finishing this particular run of questions or they are dropping out at this point and then they can go and refine it. I love that it's optimizable as every as well, because everybody knows I love optimizing things. So everything should be optimizable. Talking of which, it is time we head ourselves into the top tips round so you can give us some other tips and tricks we could be looking into. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Easy accounting for e-commerce is on hand. Cinder helps you track all your transactions and inventory across multiple sales channels in a click. With Cinder, you can seamlessly connect all platforms and automatically generate accurate profit and loss reports, balance sheet and cash flow statements to find the hidden streams of income and optimise your resources. Multi-currency, discrepancy-free reconciliation and more than 30 integrations are available with 10-minute user-friendly onboarding and 24-7 support. As if all that wasn't incentive enough to check Cinder out, you can get a 40% off coupon and e-commerce checklist by going to cinder.me forward slash masterplan. That's S-Y-N-D-E-R dot M-E slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Neil, are you ready for the top tips? Fire away. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to business culture books, really. And the I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners listen to the podcast with Jake Humphrey and Professor Damien Hughes, the High Performance Podcast. Jake's actually a, a Norwich guy as well, so there's a, a bit of a connection, but it's a phenomenal podcast, and he's had some great guests. But before I listen to that, or, or just at the start, I found um, Damien Hughes's book, The Barcelona Way, and I'm a bit of a football fan, and this book is from, you know, D- Damien's a sports psychologist, but he's written this 
book around Barcelona Football Club during the Pep Guardioli years, and he talks about how to develop a high-performance culture. So not only have you got a, a brilliant business culture book with some really interesting ways of looking at things, such as you know culture architects and repetition and authentic leadership, but it's about football as well. So I really, I really got into that. It's a really accessible book. Um, and if you, you enjoyed the podcast, then it's a, a nice bit of background reading from, from the co-host. Excellent. I like that. And um, I, personally, I'm interested in reading it, but I had no interest in football. But, you know, we all, get, we all have our, our crosses to bear. <laughs> um, okay, Neil, number two, uh, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? This was a tricky one because... I couldn't think of anything that no one else had probably said a million times or, or thought of, but you know we, we rely quite heavily on PPC. But I think email, you know, over the years, social media has been the one that has been, you know, social so important, influencer marketing. But actually, email is so so important. If you add all of our social channels together, it's nowhere near as big as our email list, and. You know, I, I heard that a tweet lasts 20 minutes. Well, an email's in your inbox until you, you delete it or, or read it. And it's easy to miss a social post, but less so to miss an email. So I still think email's massively important. Me too. I love a bit of email. But then, like you, I'm old school, been around since the early 2000s. But go on, go on, kids, try email. I say, <laughs> yeah. alienating half the listeners. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? So I was thinking what uh, my tool top tip would be, and it took me back to working with Marketplacer. So there was me on the project with some help from my IT friends and the e-com team. And right at the last six months ago, we took on Holly, a business development manager. But we, we crunched through this enormous project in a really quick amount of time. And the biggest issue was the time difference. So anything that I replied or sent an email to, I wasn't going to get a reply until the golden hour of seven to eight in the morning when we were both in the office still. So my top tip is Monday, which is a project management tool. And I think a lot of it is in how it's set up, but it was set up brilliantly. And there was examples and project flows and dates, and it was an absolute lifesaver. So to run a big project on a very tiny team with a massive time difference you can't pick up the phone you're not going to get a response an email absolute lifesaver for me yeah if you get those project management tools set up right on a project like that the fact there's someone working on it 24 7 becomes a massive bonus and you know those those that one hour where you've all got together becomes hugely workable because you, everyone knows what's going on. So you don't spend half the meeting going, oh, and I did this and I did that and I did the other. You can actually talk about and solve the problem. So yeah, I can see why it would help. And a small team with a project management tool made it made decisions. Just You made the decisions. There was no decisions by committee. And therefore, I think that was probably one of the secrets to the success as well. 
Nice. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, I think my tip on this is going to be about efficiency. So when I started in e-com, we were literally typing credit card numbers into a PDQ machine. And then we were writing addresses on mailbags. And then not so long ago, we were printing out labels on parcel force printers and sticking them on one at a time on mailbags. And now we've got integrated paper and the tracking numbers all feed back. And, and I just, I was thinking about it. If you can get those marginal gains, you know, if it took me five minutes to do an order back in the day, and then it was a minute saved by not having to write a name address label and a minute saved by not having to do parcel force labels and a minute saved by not having to match the orders up a minute saved not doing the tracking number you'll soon see that all those little marginal gains just add up and sometimes it's worth paying for those marginal gains so your label paper might cost you a lot of money to start with but you kind of go well it's 5p but it saved me four minutes and that all adds up. So I think my top tip is trying to find your marginal gains in e-com and being as efficient as possible. I love that answer. Thank you, Neil. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Neil Park, and the website is gerald.co.uk. And if you want to check out Storefolk, it's gerald.co.uk forward slash Storefolk. And Gerald's is spelled J-A-R-R-O-L-D for anyone who's uh, looking. So J-A-R-R-O-L-D. Neil, it has been brilliant finally getting you on the podcast and talking about just a, just a slice, a tiny, tiny slice of some of the cool stuff you're up to. So um, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So as I said, awesome to finally get Neil on the podcast. And we, we we really have just scratched the surface of the things he's up to. But I wanted to try and pick a couple of the ones that I thought would be the most useful to um, all of you out there. Uh, we Let me know if you want me to get him back on the show. I probably will, but it's always good to get your perspective too. Um, I guess my key key things to take from that is, you know, we were talking about the gift finder, about how it really works well for them. It works well for them because it's built in the right way for their business to make it easy for them and easy for the customer. So don't think of it as, you know, gift finder. Oh yeah, we ticked it. We've got a gift finder. Find the one that works for you. And that goes with really any tech you're putting in place, any new systems or processes in your business. Find the version that works for you, the data you've got, the people on your team and so forth. And I guess it's a bit like those efficiency gains. That's not causing them any extra workload. It's just working for them. And then the um, the store folk, all those those artisan brands, they're now bringing into the fold with Gerald's on their marketplace. Again, they thought it through well before starting it. They got the right system in place. They worked out the right approach, got the right team members in place to deliver it too. And it's been hugely powerful. And you may be thinking, well, I'm just a small business. I can't, I don't have the, the bandwidth to do this at this scale. But to me, it speaks of the the big opportunity of partnering with other brands to create something bigger for both of you. So it could be as simple as an email swap. It could be as simple as, you know, together doing a pop-up somewhere else 
Um, it could be as simple as featuring a couple of their products on your website. There are so many different ways to do this. And we'll be covering, you're going to get lots of examples of partnership stuff from me this year, because I think it's a really exciting space that works for the small business and the huge business. Um, so yeah, loads of interesting bits and pieces there from Neil. I really hope you've enjoyed that interview. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, if you listen to this thinking, where was the net zero in this? Where was the net zero? For me, it was about that working with local businesses. And yeah, it's a little bit light on net zero, but you know, still very, very cool examples going on in here. If you're annoyed at me for that, again, let me know. I'd love your feedback. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their business, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.